Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. John 4.50, Jesus said, and this is just reminding you, go your way, your son lives. He's talking to the, the centurion, and it says in the word, so the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went his way. And we talked about that last week, like how that's just so significant. Like, just believe God and go your way. Because sometimes it's like, believe God and then try to help him do whatever it is that he needs to do. And we need to remember so solemnly, Psalm 37 is so clear about what, what our job is and what God's job is. It'll just map it out for you. Like if you ever don't know what your job is and God's job, look at the, look at Psalm 37. It's really good. And it also says in there like three times, do not fret, that it leads only to evil. So I love it that this man believed the word. He didn't go fretting off to his house. He didn't go try to round up some doctors just in case. He didn't go, you know have round up a bunch of prayer women that he, and just in case it says the man believed the word that Jesus spoke and he went his way. And that's what we need to do. You know, we need to go our way. We need to go through the day and just say, God, I've given you that. And I'm going to believe your word on this. Or, I mean, there's something in the Bible about everything. That's what's so great about getting into it is that you can, you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't know that this was in here. And it speaks to our hearts. So anyway, John 4, 54 says, this is the second sign that Jesus performed when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. And here's where we are right now, John 5. After these things, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem was the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porticos. And I want to stop there because the Bible's so rich, and I'm not a Greek-Hebrew scholar. Anytime you see Beth in the Bible, it means house of. And there's no coincidence as to where Jesus is or what's happening. In other words, this is at Bethsaida, and the Aramaic origin is house of mercy or house of flowing water. And that's where they were. They were at a place where people would go, where the water flowed, and there was five porches And the water would flow and um, they would wait and try to be healed. They wanted to be healed. And we'll read more about it. But an an angel would come down and every once in a while heal, do some healing. And so people would gather there by this water. So where else do you think of, when I say Beth, Beth, do you think of anything else in the Bible? Like... Bethlehem. Yeah. So what is that? House of bread. And who does Jesus say he is? Our daily bread. Yeah. So was it just a coincidence that God had him born in Bethlehem? 
the bread of life. I am the bread of life. So just just kind of a neat thing. The pool here at Bethesda is, I guess, the pronouncement that's better. Um, at the Sheep Gate at Jerusalem was known to have curative powers. We're going to look and see why. John 5, 3. And these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirring up the water. Whoever then first, after stirring up the water, stepped in, was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. And so they would wait by this pool and in whatever season or whatever time and certain seasons, an angel of the Lord would stir the waters and they would be healed. And all of this is pointing towards our salvation. It's all pointing towards Jesus. If you think about it, it's just, you know, the living water, the fact that, that they're at Bethsaida and it means... Um, house of mercy or house of flowing water. And it's, it's, Jesus hasn't come and died on the cross yet. He's just here teaching the disciples. And so we need to remember this is all pre cross and this is God showing his people and bits and pieces all over history, uh, of the Jesus, their healer, their savior. And he's going to have a huge teaching for, for us in this. In John 5, 5, a man was there who'd been ill for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he'd already been there a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you want to get well? Well, that kind of sounds rude, you know? Like, I, I think that that would be, but, you know, Jesus is constantly, he's fully man, we have to remember that, and fully God. And he knows what people are thinking, and he knows what they really have in their hearts. And that's really actually super, super comforting to us, because a lot of times we don't even know what we're thinking, and we don't even know what's in our hearts. And we need to stop and be quiet and take that time to really listen and listen to God because he will tell us sometimes, you know, you're coveting that or, you know, we'll lose our peace and go, why am I losing my peace? And and sometimes God will go, well, because you are, you know, thinking that you wish you had somebody else's house or somebody else's husband or somebody else's you know, and, and otherwise we can go through the whole day with like static. The TV doesn't do it anymore because we have shows all through the night. And so, but do you remember when the TV used to go off at a certain time of night? It was to know because they didn't have all the reality shows and all the awful trash that we have on now. But um, and they have two hundred fifty-seven thousand stations. But that is what I want you to think of when you lose your peace. You as a Christian are given the peace that passes the all understanding. It's a gift that Jesus died for the chastisement of our peace. You know, when you think about that in Isaiah 53, a lot of people read that and they're like, oh, you ever think about that? 
He died to give you peace so that you can have peace even in the worst of times. And so when you start to drive in your car and you feel this, I want you to think of like that TV going off, like static. And instead of just going all day with the, which a lot of us try to do, turn on the radio, we try to call friends, we get kind of antsy. It's like all of a sudden I need to call in to get my messages or whatever. Why don't we stop and say, God, you know, why am I, why am I losing my peace here? And he may say, because you're, you're worried about X, Y, Z, and you need to give it to me, or you're fretting, or whatever. God always knows what's in our hearts. So he knew what was in this man's heart who'd been laying by this healing pool for 38 years. He knew. And the sick man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps before me. And Jesus says to him, get up, pick up your pallet and walk. And immediately the man became well, picked up his pallet and began to walk. And so he's showing, you know, there that it's not, it doesn't take the pool. It doesn't take us doing anything. It's the first time God is showing that mercy and grace without works. You know, because they had to get into the pool and they had to be the first one after the angel stirred the water. And it just shows the works of the Old Testament, the works and the rules and and all of the things that point towards Jesus. But then Jesus freely gives. He, He doesn't even need to go in the pool to be healed because he's standing next to the living water. He's talking to the healer. And, you know, a lot of people spend a whole lot of time looking at that, do you wish to get well? I think that's a great question to ask ourselves, you know, because a lot of times we'll say, you know, God, I've prayed for healing for this for X many years, and I'm just sick of it, and I just, you know, and, and, and let the Holy Spirit ask you, do you really, do you want to get well? Sometimes we function best in dysfunction, you know? I mean, I know someone who, if things are going well, then it almost makes them nervous. They do best when someone has just gotten in a car wreck or someone's sick and needs them or they they run on adrenaline. And and they don't have that knowledge of the peace of God. And a a Christian, as, as you grow in Christ... You'll notice, gosh, you know, those those believers, no matter what's going on in their life, they're just steady, you know? They just kind of keep going, you know? Like, it's not... There's so many things that, and, and on a personal level, that are not my problem, you know? I, I have an appointment um, February 9th. I am going to the... Um, orthopedic surgeon and I'm going to him because another orthopedic surgeon saw my CAT scans a couple weeks ago that I did a couple of weeks ago and MRIs and x-rays of my neck and said don't even waste your time coming I mean I don't have any procedure that would be minimal to do and so I'm going to just go see Lacey made the appointment but basically 
you all know I'm completely fused lumbar and um, my back, my back up to the thoracic. I mean, completely fused. And then in this uh, cervical area, the neck, C4 <laughs> has a tumor and is broken and has been kind of glued together with that radi radioplasty. A C5, 6, and 7 are all what they call degenerative. And so I've been praying for God to regenerate it. And I can honestly tell you, am I worried a bit about it? I am not. This is not my problem. That's what I love about being a Christian is to be able to say, that's not my problem. Do I like it? No. If by the end of the day, I feel like I can't hold my head up. Am I praying that God will do a miracle? Yes, because he's done miracles in the past. He's made the leukemia basically leave my body. He's done ex major miracles that we, we've talked about and miracles in your life. And it's just in believing him. And so, and I know that the only solution that orthopedic surgeon's going to have is for that neck to be fused, which then I would be very... <laughs> very, very limited in movement, and, and and it would be another big surgery. I don't have peace about that, so I'm not doing that. And and it's so nice to know and to go with your peace and to be able to wait on God. Sometimes we have surg surgeries or we have peace to do some things, and we need to just be able to hear the Holy Spirit. That's what I love about being a Christian is that and being one of his kids is that he speaks to all of us. He speaks to all of us, and, and he, doesn't, he doesn't treat us the same, just like we don't treat our own kids the same, you know? I mean, we know how to talk to our kids. We see their different personalities, and we enjoy different things with them. There are things about our children that we don't like, but we still love them. I mean, I'm sure God, we're just a little reflection of how he is with us. He knows us intimately, and he knows the life direction that he has for each one of us. He knows the plans he has for us, plans to prosper and to give us a future and a hope, not plans for disaster. Anyone know that scripture? What is it? Jeremiah 29, 11. That's so awesome. And, and so we need to trust in that and trust that he's our father and that he knows best. So, yeah, I'm praying for regeneration. Um, I don't know if today I'll have to lay my head down. I, it's not occurred to me. I've, I've been doing it for the last, like, seven or eight months. But um, that doesn't mean today he won't just flow me through the day and I'll be fine. I just am in the moment. I'm right here with you all in this room and, and I am at peace. I don't have all my circumstances lined up at peace. Um, are, and, and I'm telling you specific things so that you can understand. Like um, I had both my sisters um, email me uh, because my daughter put on Facebook that she was upset. And so, you know, from Austin, they're emailing me that my daughter put on Facebook. And I'm actually under-exaggerating what she put on Facebook. But, but basically, 
She's not happy this morning. Storm's homesick. Lacey's mother is in her last days. Um, we have lots of things going on, just like you do, you know, just like you do. And, and you know what Jesus is saying to you this morning? Do you want to have peace? That's what I hear. Do you want to have peace? Because some people purposely rock their own peace. I can life coach someone and they can walk out of the room and they are in total peace. And that's what I love about life coaching because it's one-on-one. And they're in total peace. And we've talked about issues and God's covered them. And then they will purposely lose their peace. Do you want to get well? Do you want to have peace? That's part of getting well, you know, being whole. And that's why they went into the pool of Bethsaida, the pool of mercy. Think about that. The the house of mercy, Bethsaida, the house of mercy or flowing water. That's why they went in into it. But Jesus asked us too. sometimes we'll go through the motions, but we don't really, really want to get well because it's become a part of our identity. Like maybe just be negative, like maybe just be negative and in getting yourself into you can get yourself into a frenzy like, oh, my gosh, you know, sometimes I will look at my to do list and I will look at it and I will get overwhelmed. And then I'll think I have so many things to do that I don't know what to do. And then I think, what am I doing? I'm a mother with two children and I'm running a ministry and I'm also doing this radio thing. And I'm also trying to be a good wife at this time. And I'm also doing life coaching. And what am I doing? And I need to clean out my closet. And besides all that, I should go back to school and I can get myself into a frenzy. But if I just stay in the moment, like right here with you all in this room and let God talk to me, um, I have peace. And I want to tell you the truth. I have the peace that passes all understanding. And when I don't have it, I notice it like the TV. And I stop and go, God, what caused it? What, what happened? Sometimes it's something that someone said. You know, and, and, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, but, but we don't process it. We just lose our peace and go on with our day instead of saying, you know, so-and-so just said something and it hurt my feelings and I just, I just forgive them, God, in your name and ask you to help me to be like you because when you forgive, you don't remember. So I'm going to choose not to remember or we can say, no, nah, I don't want to get well. I don't want to have peace. And it would be a lot more fun to repeat what that person said because they're an obnoxious person. And I know other people that think they're obnoxious as well. And so and before I forgive them, okay, I might forgive them. But before I do, I'm going to have no peace. And I'm going to help another person not have peace because I'm going to call them and say, can you believe that she just said that. And, that. and then she said that and that. And don't you just know she was doing this while she was saying that? And I can just see her face when she said that. And I know she thinks, she may, she may think I'm stupid. I'm not stupid. I know what she meant by that. And she knows what she meant by that. And in that, what do we just do? You know, Jesus goes to us and goes, do you want to get well? Do you want to have peace?
Because it's going to take changing us. We are not of this world. That's, that's why, again, Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the will of God, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Good, acceptable, and perfect. We're not to act like the rest of the world. And it's not because we're supposed to, like, act snooty and, you know, wear our hair a certain way and um, I, all the different things that people can get into. People need to know that we're Christians by our love. And part of love is peace. And part of peace is just when you can let things go, you know, and you can just kind of go, wow, you know, I'm not going to think on that thing. I'm going to just give that to God. Or this huge problem, I mean, the situation with my neck, the way that I pray to him, and y'all may have all your different ways of praying to God, but I pray, God, I am, I'm so little and you're so big and you can do any and everything. And I, I just trust you to do your thing with my neck. You are the healer. You are my Jehovah Rapha. You direct my paths. Like we sang earlier in, in Proverbs three, five, you are everything and I'm here because of you and I just ask your I ask your grace um, you know I need his grace most when I'm hurting physically because hurting physically chronically is difficult and some of you have chronic situations that are painful to you perhaps it's someone that has um, a problem that you love so much that it's it's chronically painful to you. You need to ask for God's grace because a lot of people think grace is just a nice name to name somebody and 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 then go to the country club and and have a little baptism and and put her in a little pink frock and then that oh, what's your name Grace you know and I'm not making fun of anybody whose name is Grace. Grace is God's power. When I feel like I, I am just, I'm losing my peace. Maybe it's something I can't control, like the pain. And I'm like, it is finally, I, I, I cannot stand it any longer, Lord. Give me your grace. I am saying, give me God's power. Grace is God's power. And the reason that I explained it that way is because we take these words that are so packed full of God. And we don't realize what they mean. And I and you can pray for God's grace when we feel like we are running out. Because we need it. We need it constantly. And we do not want to rely on our own power or we will get drained. We don't rely on our husband's power. I know I've shared this with you before, but I used to think that... Your husband was there to, like, um, make everything better and cheer you up. And, I mean, right? I mean, your partners. And and I found out pretty quickly that it <laughs> ain't going to happen, you know. And some days he was going to work the other direction. And, 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 you know, it wasn't always because he was listening to the devil. It might have been that he was following God by backing off. At one point I was mentoring... Um, a young lady, and this is one of the most painful things I've ever had to do, but she started to look at, to me as like 
God, Jesus, like anything I said or spoke was just the word. And, and, and I, I was, in, I, I always want to draw people towards Jesus. And if I feel like I'm just drawing them towards me, that's not what I want. That's not what any of us should want. We should want to be leading people towards Jesus. Everything that we do, everything that we are. And, you know, as human beings, we, we want to be liked, of course. But that's so secondary or tertiary to our first motivation should be to lead someone to Jesus. So I'm talking like even when you are going to a party and you can't stand the fact that you have to get dressed and go to a party. And usually that's when I try to get out of going to the party because the invitation always sounds really good until right before the party. And you're like, oh, I'm so tired and I've seen these people this week. I don't need to. And, but you are so heed, yes. And, you know, you wouldn't want that to people to do that to you. So you say, God, uh, give me the grace to go to this party. Well, your number one thing at that party should be to show people Jesus and to love on people. Not that you present yourself, but that you are inquiring about them or that you are listening to the Holy Spirit because sometimes he'll say, you know, share this story that happened to you with that person. And you have no idea why you find out later and it's like, wow, that's exactly what I needed to hear that person might say. But this one young lady, I I finally had to say, you know, God is a jealous God, which is true. He loves us. He doesn't want anybody to take his place. And I like that. You know, what if you were married and your husband wasn't jealous at all? Oh, anybody can, you can, y'all, any, whatever. Just my wife, I'm not jealous at all. Any of you men can just hug her, kiss her. Uh, That would make me so mad, you know, because jealousy is love. You ever thought about that? I mean, There is a pure jealousy from God. There is a pure jealousy from God that's love that says, yeah, you know what? I'm, I am jealous for this person. And and the Holy Spirit was telling me, tell her I'm jealous for her and that you can't, she cannot call you and talk to you for a while. And she, she was so hurt. Um, she did not understand Um, I had to be the bad guy and probably was in, in her eyes for several years. I might still be, I don't know. Um, because when people have issues of, of abandonment or whatever, that all comes into play too. But that's where we have to hear God and do what he's asking us to do first. So this morning, I'm asking you, do you want to get well? Do you want to keep your peace? Just particularly your peace. Do you want to get well? And I think that's so, so, so important. If we're going to get well, we have to um, know that God is with us everywhere we go and know that he has a time and a place and trust him. And it's Sunday at church. Um, it was really neat because uh, a, a man came up to me and said, you know, my ministry partner in Russia is about your size. And then he started to weep. 
and he said um, she lives in Belarus and she barely has enough to eat and I, I send her money so they don't turn the lights out and I just think about it think about if you know anybody that might have some clothes that I could send her and I told him the truth. I had just cleaned out my closet and given clothes away. And it was really interesting because there's a bigger picture to this. But this morning I woke up, you know, stormy sick, got the drama going. We got, you know, everything in the house. You you know how it is where you're just like, okay, is this reality TV? Where's the camera? Because this is just crazy. And, and it's life. It's called life. We, we need to know that you, you, you really can live a Christian life in the midst of the world. It's not like you're going to go out there and everything's going to be angels and roses and rainbows and cherubs flying around. You're going to confront stuff all day long. So I was confronted with the fact that it was almost time for Bible study and I didn't have any time to prepare, which is what I wanted to do. And I was confronted with the fact that, okay, now Storm's kind of got everything he needs, and it's only 8 o'clock, and Bible study's not till 11, so wow, I've got three hours to prepare. So I go up to prepare, and I'm just reading in, in John, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it, and it doesn't, there's no anointing there. You know, there's just times when you're going to feel like, I need to do these taxes, but if God's not helping you, God bless you if you've tried to do it on your own. There's a, there is anointing, a time, a grace for everything. And sometimes God will have us do stuff out of order. Sometimes we'll have our day where I'm going to go to the grocery store, then I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this. And we need to be open to God, open-handed. And so I'm learning, learning. I said learning to be open-handed with my time. Do you want to get well? Do you want to have peace? You better be open-handed with your time. Because I was not in lack of peace. I just wasn't getting from the Holy Spirit. It was kind of like, no, I want you to be doing something else. And so I closed my Bible like I'm doing right now and... I started going through all my clothes. And that was exactly what the Holy Spirit wanted me to be doing. And I thought as I began, there's nothing to pull out because I just did all this. But instead, open-handed with my time, it was so freeing to me to be open-handed with my clothes. And literally the Holy Spirit said, instead of, me saying, oh, do I wear this? Do I not wear this? Have I not worn this in a year? Uh, you know, is this my color? Or da, 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 da. That so bogs me down. And this was the first time ever. I, I mean, telling you this because it's exciting. The Holy Spirit said, I'm going to make it easy for you, Kathleen. That's hers. Okay. That's yours. That's yours. That's for her. That's for you. And I spent this morning doing that, and it was so, it was like, first of all, I was with my very, very, very best friend. And second of all, it was like, anytime we open up 
ourselves to God, he moves miraculously. But to hear that special voice, then to go through that, and, and I... And I look back now and I think, how many times have I even just tried to clean out my closet without God? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you want to get well? Do you want to have peace? We need to just go, God, you know, here's my schedule. Because a lot of us do, you know, have a certain schedule. But God, if you want to interrupt it, or if you need to change it, or if you need to talk to me, or if I need to go be... Help me to hear you, Lord Jesus. If there's someone I need to go visit, if there's something that you've been urging me to do, you know, the Holy Spirit will come in this, um, in this, uh, it'll be like a pressing of, you know, go visit so-and-so, like a pressing of send so-and-so a card, or like a pressing of make sure you talk to so-and-so or hug so-and-so or make sure that you um, say a certain thing to your husband. I mean, it'll be like that. And he comes and and literally the Holy Spirit, he convicts. And Paul explains that the Holy Spirit convicts us. That word literally in the Greek means convinces. So the Holy Spirit comes softly trying to convince you. And you can spend your whole day going, no, I don't have time for that. That just must be my thought. I'm not going to do that. Um, I'll do it later. When you've got this perfect time and this perfect space and place where God is asking you to do something. And a lot of people go, well, God didn't talk to me at all. Listen, if, if you have good thoughts towards someone going through your brain... Don't worry if it's God or not. Start doing it, and, 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 and it'll just follow through with what God wants us to do and be. Um, do we leave a place better than when we, we got there? I love that thought. Not only do we want to get better, but if I go someplace and I'm with someone, do I leave them feeling more peaceful and better and, and, and loved in a real God way, not me, because I'm a human being. I'm going to fail everybody, and you're going to fail everybody at some point or another. Jesus Christ will never leave us or fail us. So I, I want us to think about, do I leave a place better than when I got there? Go to livingjesus.us to hear the rest of Kathleen's message and hundreds more at no cost. Thousands of people in 40 countries download Kathleen's scripture-filled, Jesus-inspired, real-life messages at an increasing rate. Jesus said, freely you received, freely give, Matthew 10.8. If you are able, financially join us in reaching the world for Jesus. Go to livingjesus.us and freely give so that those who could never pay will continue to freely receive.